Hey everybody, and welcome to Rabbit's Ramblings, Podcast 321. This time I have a little bit to say about a mobile game called Pigeon Wings Strike. And then I'm going to give a warning slash talk a little bit about what's going on in the gaming industry, primarily with uh, AAA developers. But I won't get uh, too into it because it'll make me sad and upset. But it is some stuff you guys need to know about. And so I'll talk a little bit about that. And that's it for this time. Hopefully you'll enjoy the show. So a mobile game I have picked up recently, which I actually like quite a bit, is called Pigeon Wings Strike. I haven't played too much uh, time, I guess you could say, <laughs> total time invested. Probably about an hour total, I'd guess. It's one of those sort of endless games where you just start your little guy and then he's going along and then you just go uh, as far as you can go. In this case, you are, I would guess, some kind of bird. Uh, it looks kind of like a penguin I guess it's super small so it's really hard to tell even on my uh, seven inch iPad mini but you're in a plane and you're flying along and you're trying to pass as many pigeons as you can pass which is as hilarious as it sounds and there is a tilt control by default so uh, for me that is I hold the iPad and then um, I don't know quite how to describe it but sort of tilt it forwards sort of like the the top side is further away from me and I'll go up or I'll put the top uh, more towards me and it, he'll go uh, down and you're just kind of flying along there are two kind of buttons which I don't really get because one button you kind of want to hold down all the time which is sort of the, the speed button and then there's another button which will be either boost or shoot uh, depending on the situation and occasionally you know you'll want to boost and get past uh, more pigeons quicker or some little black squares. I don't even know what they are. They just look like squares. Will come at you and they'll kind of kind of shoot. They don't really shoot a whole lot, which is great because everything's going so fast. It's kind of hard enough as it is without things shooting at you. But they will shoot at you and then you can hold the the right uh, button, I guess, down. And you'll be like, pew, 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 and like shoot like a machine gun. But it's actually pretty hard. But not in a frustrating way, and that's why I'm uh, sort of recommending you try it out. Because it's super fun. Uh, games will last anywhere between, I would guess, maybe 15 seconds. And uh, maybe about a minute is probably the furthest I've gotten. I don't know what there is in terms of unlocks. There are sort of three uh, goals you have, you know, in an, an achievement kind of way at any given time that will earn you coins. But I actually don't see anywhere to, like, spend the coins, which is kind of confusing. When I played just now, I got sort of a box that was flashing, and so I, I tapped it, and I guess it was kind of a loot box kind of thing, because it unlocked a cute little bunny. So now I'm, <laughs> I'm flying in a little plane as a bunny, which is hilarious. So I absolutely I need to figure out at some point how to control that, 
because if it changes to a different character, I probably still want to be the bunny because that's hilarious. It is totally free to play. There is no uh, sort of timers or energy-based mechanic at all. You just play and play and play and play. And, you know, usually you don't want to play too much. It's one of those uh, sort of mobile games I highly recommend for standing in line. You know, you're in line for a couple minutes, you want to play a thing. You know, this is great for that. I think that's really where mobile games sort of work the best, is when you're going to play for anywhere between 1 and maybe 10 minutes. And you don't want to have too much of a commitment to it. You don't want to have to be like, oh, what was the quest I was on? I I forgot where I was. I I don't remember what I was doing. You know, games like that aren't uh, usually the best. Usually you want to be like, start the thing and finish the thing in that session. So this is definitely uh, one of those. And it is super fun and pretty hilarious. It's got some pretty good uh, music and sound. I think there are only two music tracks. But I haven't gotten... Uh, you know, sick of it or anything. Although I don't play a whole lot, again. uh, I expect if you did play a whole lot, you might get sick of it. But the cool thing is you can turn off uh, either the sound or music independently. And uh, I was listening to a podcast once, and it was running uh, in the background independently of the other uh, game sounds. So I expect, you know, if you don't want to listen to the game music, you can turn that off and listen to your own music or... You know, as I do, listen to podcasts while you play. That is an option. So the important uh, gaming industry thing I wanted to talk about is something that a lot of uh, sort of reviewers and commenters on the industry are calling uh, sort of deception. For many years now, we've known that big uh, sort of conventions or reveal events like E3 and other kind of, uh, you know, expo events, games will often have sort of fake trailers or there'll be conceptual videos. They won't actually be gameplay. And in recent years, this has sort of become uh, more common than not, that it's a deceptive trailer. It's not what really, you know, the game looks like when it comes out. And I saw a news report that sort of talked about this quite a bit and described why this happens. A lot of times games will be in a conceptual phase. They won't be quite, uh, you know, playable. And so a developer will take, you know, engine assets and game stuff they have and sort of make a conceptual representation of what it could look like. And so by the time the game actually is, you know, actually finished, and it's worked up, and it's in its sort of final release state, that may or may not uh, reflect what their sort of pre-conceptualized rendering slash demo of uh, the footage made it look like it would be. Because sometimes, you know, by the time you get there, engines require more power and so you have to pull back on the textures or you have to pull back on the lighting effects and so it doesn't quite look like uh, you know that pre uh, presentation video looked and of course that is done to drive up hype and uh, the bigger factor probably is to get uh, pre-order sales from the customers you know get people excited get them wanting to play the game 
And I think this is becoming a bigger issue. One of the ones that comes to mind lately, although they are very honest that it is not actual gameplay, is the new Vampire the Masquerade game. I think they're calling it Bloodlines. It's like 100% of their advertising is this couple minute long uh, sort of pre-rendered footage of what the game could look like. And they're like, you know, pre-order now, get the game. And it's like, why would I do that when you haven't shown us the game at all? But in the case like Anthem, you know, this was supposedly what the game would look like. This was supposedly the final product. It was running on supposedly an Xbox One S at the presentation. And it turns out now there's a bunch of news coming out that Anthem wasn't really in development for five or six years. It was actually only starting development when that video was made. And so that's a huge deception. A lot of people are leaving Anthem. I'm very upset and hurt and heartbroken over it. The game was not in development for five or six years. It was only in development for about one to one and a half years, which is nowhere near enough time for a game of that scale to have been developed and launched. A game like that really needs at least three years, you know, sometimes more. Another thing that's come up is something you can't really uh, prevent pre-release, but something like what Activision did where they add in microtransactions and sort of slow down player progress after the game is launched. That's not really cool. That's not something I guess we can avoid. But in a similar sort of practice, I believe it's NetherRealm Studios did uh, a similar kind of thing with Mortal Kombat 11, where they gave all of the reviewers copies which basically were not 100% of the game. It had sort of the core game loop, uh, I guess as most reviewers would call it these days, where it was the tower battles and you're supposed to you know fight your way up the towers and play different matches against the different characters. There was this whole other mode, which was sort of a dungeon-like mode. I think it's called Crypt Mode. And then there was a whole other mode, which has to do with the cosmetic looks and all of the sort of microtransaction stuff, which is tied into that. Both the Crypt Mode and the microtransactions for the cosmetics were completely left out of reviewer copies. So nobody knew what this was or what to expect it until after launch. Now, sort of in NetherRealm's defense, you know, all of the stuff that is microtransaction is cosmetic. You can earn it all in-game, you know, eventually through a lot of uh, apparently very grindy and sort of painful uh, repetitive gameplay, but it can be earned. So that's not quite uh, as horrible of an offense uh, to gamers, but to leave it out of the review copies is like, that's that's not okay, guys. You know, you, you got to be upfront and honest with people about what you're going to give them. And another thing that comes to mind is what Bethesda has done with Fallout 76. The game released in what is universally agreed on as a buggy and incomplete state. So stuff they showed off at conventions and stuff was the game. It's just it wasn't running as well overall, and it wasn't much more than... What they showed and what they had in the game at launch was not complete. So that, again, is a, a sort of deception as to the state of the game, I guess you could say. And it wasn't ready for launch, and they didn't hold it back when they should have. So I guess the final big takeaway for the section, uh, you know, without going into too many more details about what's going on behind closed doors, 
is that we really need to sort of, as a gaming audience, be very, very aware of what we're getting uh, in terms of what we were promised. And in some cases, you know, sure, what we were promised might not have been realistic, and that was maybe our fault for, you know, following the developers and being like, oh, yes, you will release the one true game that will rule them all. You know, something like that's not going to happen. But the games should release, you know, without too many bugs, ideally. And they should release with enough features, uh, you know, that they promised, you know, in a working order that is up to specs of what is expected for such a game. I know BioWare has certainly lost all of my future pre-orders with the last few games I've gotten from them. And I think certainly with all the other uh, big companies, I'm going to be watching them very closely now and probably not uh, pre-order any other stuff uh, if I can avoid it, especially single-player stuff. You know, you can wait for that uh, later. You don't have to get that quite right at launch. I think it will be a very, very, very rare case when I actually pre-order something from now on. I think the only thing I can think of that I even would consider pre-ordering would be Borderlands 3, and that's because the footage slash show they did to officially present it was all actual gameplay. This is the third game in the series, so we know, you know, what to expect. And they invited, you know, uh, several hundred people, I believe, to come and play the game and stream the game and show the game and show it off. So we know, you know, this is a really solid game. This is going to be what they promised. And of course, MMOs, you know, something like Elder Scrolls Online, You know, it's got an expansion coming out in a few weeks. You know, something like that you can probably pre-order because that's adding to content you already know exists and that you enjoy. But I think overall, I would just recommend everybody take everything with a grain of salt. You know, don't believe what they say is what it is until you actually see gameplay. And even then, even then, you might want to wait until the game actually launches, reviewers get their hands-on, you know, a final release copy, and we actually see if it is what they say it is before you give them your money and say, uh, yes, I approve of this game, I want more of this game. Because there just seem to be a lot of practices to get up hype, to get up pre-orders, to get you in a position where, ha ha ha, uh, you pre-ordered, you played it, and now you can't, you know, return it. And that's not something we want to support, that's not something we want to Uh, let them get away with any longer because they're doing it more and more frequently. So just, I guess, uh, you know, buyer beware, as the saying goes. And be careful with your money. From the newsroom. We actually do have a bit of news this time. Elder Scrolls Online Elsewhere expansion is coming out at the end of the month. Uh, you can pre-order it for PC and get it like a week early. I believe the official launch is like June 4th. So that's coming uh, for all the platforms that you play on. And it looks pretty awesome. In tech news, if you are somebody like me and you have to play on laptops, you will want to be looking out for the newest Uh, sort of spring refresh, as many of the companies are calling it, which will be happening apparently at the end of the month or uh, the start of next month, uh, depending on the company. A lot of them are putting in the new NVIDIA 1660 graphics cards, which I believe 
Uh, there aren't there aren't any benchmarks out quite yet, but I believe it will probably be somewhere a little bit less powerful than the RTX series, but more powerful uh, than the current 10 series. So you get a decent uh, power boost there. But the more important thing to watch for this generation will be Wi-Fi 6. And I'm not going to get too into that because there's YouTube videos that are 10 minutes long that <laughs> explain what exactly it is and why it's better. But basically, if you think about sort of a, a single lane street right now, that's kind of like what the current Wi-Fi is. Wi-Fi currently has to talk to one device at a time, so it's kind of like one lane road. One car goes, one car goes, one car goes, and that's it. Uh, you know, it, it pays attention to one device at a time and switches between them. So that's horribly slow. It's maybe not so bad if you're like at home or something and there's only four or five devices on the network. But if you're talking about a public location where there's, you know, hundreds of devices, that's dividing its attention quite a lot. Wi-Fi 6 will not only have multiple channels, so that's basically like a multiple lane freeway, but it will also assign sort of a, an amount of bandwidth equal to what uh, the device needs. So if you're something like, you know, a cell phone and you're just, you know, checking some websites or something, you're not going to be using really any bandwidth at all. You're going to get just a little tiny bit of space. If you're something like a game or a video, you're going to need a lot of space. It's going to give you, you know, a big, huge amount of space. And it's going to pay attention to multiple devices at the same time instead of just one at a time. So think of that like a multiple lane road. And then each lane sort of is assigned a size of car, like the first three lanes are maybe just little cars, you know, average size cars. And then one lane is for trucks. And then the last lane is for, you know, big freight trains. So each thing is not only getting more attention, but it's getting assigned, you know, the amount of space it needs. So that's not getting cut off in the middle of something. Because the current Wi-Fi is sort of like everything would be like the size of one car. So if you've got a truck and it's the size of three cars, it's going to pay attention to you for a little bit, but not your whole time, and then it's going to switch. So you're going to get, you know, screwed. That's why you get the pauses when you're on, you know, public Wi-Fi. There's a lot of people. You get those lags. You get those pauses. That's what's happening. It's not giving you as much bandwidth as you need, and it's moving on to the next person because it's only paying attention to one person at a time. So again, you know, there's much longer, uh, better explanations on uh, the YouTubes and various other places about what exactly Wi-Fi 6 is and how it works. But uh, starting with the spring refresh and moving forward, that is really the biggest thing you're going to want to watch for in terms of hardware in your system. You know, get enough graphics that, you know, you can do uh, whatever games you want to do. But the next most important thing, I would say even above, you know, an amazing CPU or, you know, large amounts of RAM or a super awesome hard drive, would be Wi-Fi 6, because you can upgrade RAM, you can upgrade your hard drives, you can't change your CPU, but usually with a gaming laptop, you know, the CPU is going to be plenty powerful. But, you know, that Wi-Fi 6, that's going to be a huge improvement and increase to uh, your ability to play and do things uh, mobile in general, like, you know, watching videos or something, you know, if you're not playing. So that's it uh, for the news. Ahoy there, and welcome to the treasure chest. We gather to thank those who surrendered booty to the rabbit. 
I'm sure we can all agree we love a little booty now and then. <laughs> the following be all the rapscallions that donated their booty. We do be thanking Stephen B. for the most generous Bunny Day gift. Mutant Year Zero, Road to Eden, and a generous donation. And we be thanking Sean R. for the most generous repeated donations. Three cheers for donations. Hip hip, arr, hip hip, arr, hip hip, So that's it for this podcast. Things are still pretty much the worst ever. I just recently paid my car insurance for this month, though there's another payment you know, coming due in a couple weeks. Because of a super nice, generous donation, I might probably have enough for that second payment, but I really kind of want to hold on to it and see if I can get some more and get my car registration paid for. That's due in, I think, two months. I don't think I've gotten a um, notice about it yet. I certainly haven't uh, found one in the mail uh, so far. But usually about two months before it's due is when uh, they sort of send first notice on that. But I'm pretty sure that's going to be about 200 bucks. Uh, so I need to try and save uh, as much as I can, as quickly as I can, to get that paid uh, as soon as possible so that is out of uh, my worry and... Uh, taken care of. But I still don't have any income. I'm still uh, struggling along and and barely being able to have uh, enough gas to keep driving each week, which is the worst uh, if I don't drive uh, and move my car because, you know, being homeless, it needs to keep moving and keep uh, appearing uh, like a normal car. But I guess that's really uh, it for this time. I'm seeing a lot of news about Mom's Day, so uh, happy Mom's Day. Uh, if that's coming up soon. My mom died when I was uh, 13, so that was quite a long time ago, so I don't really keep up uh, with when Mom's Day is anymore. But I think it's probably pretty soon. I know it's uh, in May sometime. So happy Mom's Day, uh, if that's coming up. And I don't know uh, what I'll talk about next time. I I might have Elder Scrolls Online elsewhere. I might, uh... Depends on when I get my code. Because I got it from Amazon, which they aren't apparently going to send me the code until actually launch, so I might miss that, uh, you know, 10-day extra on PC early access if they don't send it to me uh, ahead of time. So that would be sad. It wouldn't be the end of the world, but it would be like, well, that is sad because I pre-ordered and I should have gotten that time, but because I pre-ordered it from Amazon, not from... Zenimax, uh, maybe it won't come. I don't know. I guess we'll see. Hopefully it will, because uh, that would be sad if I didn't get the time. But uh, I could order it on Amazon, which is where I usually have uh, gift card money. So that is good uh, that I got it, because uh, that makes me super happy. 
So I got that uh, for myself for Bunny Day. But I don't know um, what I'll talk about next time because I don't know if that'll make it uh, before then. Hopefully I'll think of something and hopefully I'll see everybody next time. Okay, thanks, bye. You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash rabbitsramblings.html. When you type Rabbit's Ramblings, don't use the space. If you would like to send me an email, you can do so at rabbit at rabbit.com. If you like my page, you can also post on Facebook at rabbit.com. You can follow me on YouTube at rabbitdot.com. I have a page on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash rabbit, R-A-B-B number one T. You can set up a monthly recurring subscription there at a price point of your choice. Be sure to put the number 1 in place of I anytime you type rabbit. Rabbit's Ramblings is copyright Eric Stryker using a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Derivatives License 2019.